Welcome to the Pitting Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. Well, let's uh, let's discuss uh, uh, high school wrestling now. Um, the girls' season has concluded with the uh, second annual Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union State Championships uh, last Thursday and Friday at Extreme Arena in Coralville. Um, uh, exciting event there. Sold out the opening session uh, again. Uh, had over 3,600 uh, fans in attendance for the finals on Friday night. Um, you know, had a new team champion, uh, you know, since the inception of uh, these tournaments going back to the IWCOA events. Uh, Waverly Shellrock has won every team title, including last year's inaugural sanctioned tournament. Um, and this year, Decora. Decora comes away with a team championship. A uh, couple finalists, the champ and Naomi Simon, who won her second Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union title and became a four-time champ when adding in the uh, Iowa Wrestling uh, Coaches and Officials Association uh, State Tournament Championships uh, her first two years. So that was an, an exciting feat. Um uh, for her and uh, girls wrestling as a whole, but uh, just overall a fun, fun tournament that uh, at one time uh, became maybe even more predictable than uh, the boys tournament um, in Des Moines has been. Well, in, in what respect? Well, just some of the uh, upsets. Oh, you know, yeah. That, you know, one of the things uh, I've always said about Des Moines was that the one the one predictable thing is that the unpredictable will happen. You know, you'll have guys come out of nowhere and get wins or go on a run. Um, you know, you, you'd see that a lot more with the random draw uh, compared to, to kind of the, the seeded brackets that you have now where you get somebody on one side of the bracket and uh, have matchups and be wrestling Saturday night that you didn't really think, you know, or you get in a first round upset um, or what have you. But here there, there was like a, at the, at the girls tournament this year, there was, there was a stretch where like three defending state champs, Lost one. One of them was a medical forfeit, but it was like, you know, three number one seated wrestlers lost in consecutive uh, matches. It was it was crazy at, at one point. Um, to me, I would expect oh maybe seventy five percent of the top seeds to be rest. You know, maybe even more uh, eighty eighty five percent. And it was just a little over 50% um, of the number one seeds that uh, that wrestled in the finals. So yeah. uh, I, I think that that's what I meant by uh, kind of the unpredictability uh, has risen um, now. And I think that's a testament to uh, better wrestling as a whole from one through 
32. Right. And if you're, I, I think a, a, a result of that is because with the girls, you know, they're still kind of in their infancy or maybe their adolescent era. <laughs> um, and that is, uh, you know, they're, you, you, yeah, you've got good quality wrestlers wrestling each other, but they're still making mistakes. Um, and you, I mean, you get that in the boys, but not to that extent, I don't think yet. You, you're pretty balanced across the board with the boys. Uh, with the girls, you know, you, you can still have an, you know, an undefeated wrestler get turned over on the back and pinned, and and that's that. And, and uh, you know, and you see that. You know, I I got to officiate quite a number of women's wrestling or girls wrestling as well as boys. So, um, and I'm still seeing that on the girls girls side. There's still that gap in in uh, you know, even with your quality wrestlers there, you know, they can, uh, you know, get, like I said, get turned and beat. So, um, I, I'm not, su I'm surprised, but not surprised, uh, with that. And, and I wasn't sure if you were speaking individually or team wise, which I guess. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's the stretch that I was kind of referring to, uh, on Thursday night. Um, you had, uh, Molly, uh, Molly Sack of Sioux City North was a returning state finalist. She was the number one seed at 115. Um, in the semifinals last year, she uh, won by technical fall over Sylvia Garcia Vasquez from West Liberty. Um, Garcia Vasquez wrestled her in the quarterfinals. It was number one seed versus number nine, I believe. Um, and uh, Vasquez was up 14-10 when she pinned Sack um, in the third period. Hmm. And, of course, uh, Garcia Vasquez went on to reach the 115 final, uh, lost to uh, Rihanna Utterbach um, in the championship match. But you had that win from uh, Garcia Vasquez over Sack, uh, and then that was followed um, – by April Hauser of Cedar Falls, the number nine seed as well. Um, she uh, she pinned uh, Abigail Meyer, who was uh, original champion in Cedar Rapids. Uh, but Hauser was winning 4-0 in the second and pinned Meyer um, to move on to the semifinals. And uh, number four seed, uh, Camille uh, Schutt from Waverly Shower Rock ended up winning. Uh, making the finals and winning the 120 pound uh title um over the three seed smith from um or i'm sorry the 14 seed leah chandler from sheridan in, in that one so um you know you also had uh uh Alice musser uh, Animosa winning by uh, a medical forfeit over Mackenzie Childers um, in that quarterfinal round as well at 130. She made the finals. Lost to a, a number 10 seed, uh, Kobe Tenborg from Saydell. You know, so you have a 14 seed and a 10 seed winning. And of course, Tenborg, I tell you what, was really impressive. She, she went through the number seven, the number two, uh, the number three. Um, and the top three seeds at this weight class were, uh, pretty phenomenal. Um, and said, uh, Trent went all the way through, you know, 
uh, won by major decision in the finals. Uh, was really, really impressive. Uh, the note that I'll mention about uh, Mackenzie Childress, unfortunately, uh, during her second round match, she suffered what they believed was a concussion. Um, went back to the hotel, got got sick, and if anybody that's had concussions before, uh, you know that once vomiting happens, that uh, that's a telltale sign. Um, you have a concussion, and and it's not uh, oh, it's it's not a light. Thing. Even though there aren't grades of concussions, a concussion is a concussion. But that, you know, it's pretty serious. Uh, she thought she was feeling better, came back, tried to drill and warm up and uh, start realizing things weren't right. And they had the medical forfeit. So unfortunate, unfortunate end for uh, Childress, who was putting together another great season. Um, she'll be back next year looking for her second title um, as well. But um that was just part of that streak that, uh, you know, Thursday night, some crazy things happened. And, and that's what uh, I think uh, makes wrestling so fun. Um, and, KJ, that, that, and you're starting to see that more with the girls. Right. And that that's at 126, right? So you had um, Musser. Or, or, or am I right with it? Musser from Anamosa, Peterson from Bettendorf. Am I saying that? Thinking that right? And then. Uh, Childress at from Prairie, yes, yeah, in the top half of that bracket, yep. So, all three of those, of course, were at the, the Animosa Invitational. And, um, oh wow, Coolers beat Peterson, if I remember right, as a major pretty handily, might have been a wow. major or or worse type fall. And, uh, um, and then uh, Musser was third, so Musser then beat Peterson in the semifinals, then, right. Yeah, uh, had a first period fall. Um, it was tied two two. Um, Pearson got the opening takedown. Musser with a reversal and put her on her back. Uh, got the fall in one twenty eight. Right, and I'll just finish with this. In terms of uh, Kinsey Childers, th th there's there's no match that's ever worth that. Uh, the health of, of a child or an athlete, if you're a coach. And and so they absolutely made the right decision. And uh, uh, it's as hard of a pill as that is to, to swallow. And particularly that day when you're watching people that you beat move on and advance, that's, that's difficult, but that's the right call. I mean, it's, it, that's a no brainer. Yep. You have to do that. Yep. And Zach, that's one of, that's one of the things, uh, you know, I remember covering Zach Pachichka uh, as a wrestler at Prairie. Uh, have really loved seeing how he's grown and has become a a, a very good coach. And talking to you know, just kind of uh, grabbing him after one of the matches and said, "Hey, uh, you know what happened?" and kind of explain the situation. And he said exactly what you said that you know we got to. You know, maybe she could have gone, but you know what? No, and it's not worth it. Uh, you know, she'll be back. There's other things in the future to look forward to here. You got to make the smart choice, and you know, she had a medical forfeit. So, um, hats off to Zach Pachichka. Um, he's, I, I think he's really turned into a top-notch coach there, and. 
uh, has done it at Solon and now at his alma mater, Prairie. And uh, I'm really impressed by that. And he echoed exactly what you said. I agree that he's done a great job. And he's really taken the reins and, you know, steered that program. And, and uh, you know, he obviously had a superstar in Childers, but, uh, um, but they've done a nice job, Coach and Kenzie, of, of recruiting the numbers in that program. Because if I remember right, two or three years ago, there were there was one or two girls on that team, and now there's 30. I think if I'm, you know, I think that's what when we cover them, what they had somewhere close to that. And uh, so, well done, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, just kind of looking at uh, uh, some of the other. Uh, Efforts from our area, uh, Libby Dix, um, she, uh, you know, she provided one of those uh, so-called upsets at uh, at 190. Uh, you know, she had a big, uh, big pin in the semifinals over Bella Porcelli um, of Southeast Polk, the number one seed, 49 uh, in two. And, uh, you know, uh, Dick's a finalist last year, lost to Naomi Simon uh, in the 170 uh, finals a year ago. Dix, uh gets a big pin there and then uh, a pin in the finals. And I, I cannot think of another instance where a wrestler pretty much reversed somebody to their back and – in the final two matches and the semis in the finals to come away uh, with pins um, and a state title like that. I mean, that was something she said she worked on her, her wrestling in the bottom position. Um, that was one of her focuses and man uh, to get reversals in, in pins uh, like she did in the finals and uh, semifinals against the top two seeds. That was pretty uh, impressive. Right. If, if I recall, she was down quite a bit late in the match and hit a roll to reversal and near, uh, and, uh, pin for, for the win. I think that was the semifinals. Against she was, semifinal, she was down three, nothing in the third. Okay. And I thought it was, yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Good. That's neat. Good for, good for Libby and, and, uh, her family and that wrestling community out in Mount Vernon. That's cool. Yep. Um, and then a uh, couple of uh, finalists, uh, Brianna Peach, uh, a runner-up at 235. She fell in the finals uh, to Olivia Huckfelt, um, a two-time champ who finished off an unbeaten season. Uh, Huckfelt uh, ha has been dominant uh, pretty much uh, her whole career. Um, I think she's going to Iowa um, as well. But uh, she pinned her way through the bracket that I think had uh, the top three seeds were really, really strong with her, Peach, and uh, Ella Brown. Uh, Peach uh, with a fall over Brown in the semis. Um, you know, all three were on. Uh, I think they had like, uh, oh, 107 combined wins coming into the mat, uh, coming into the tournament. Uh, so they they were uh, really impressive, and Huck felt uh, beats Peach there uh, in the finals as well. And then uh, 
Decora's runner-up, Chloe Sheffield, at 100. Um, you know, she was the number six seed. Uh, had a major decision to open things out and then had three pins to get to the finals where she lost to Katie uh, Biscaglia 5-1 uh, in the championship. Uh, got a kick out of uh, talking to her. She she talked about how uh, she's one of seven kids, so she's got six siblings. She's the second oldest. So she talked about how her and her siblings always wrestled and kind of roughhoused and, and rolled around. She was like, well, if I do this all the time anyway, why don't I compete and, and do it for – uh, for, for a reason, and that's how she became uh, a wrestler. Um, and now she's a state uh, finalist, a state runner-up. Uh, pretty cool. She even uh, so after she won her semifinal match, I think uh, Naomi Simon ended up carrying her to the field house where you know where they are. They warm up and everything. Um, and we kind of asked about their friendship and she goes, you know, it's funny because uh I was like super intimidated by her when I came out. Um I was afraid of her. Uh you know, she was a state champ and she was like we've become best friends through wrestling and and uh, uh I, I thought that was a pretty cool uh side note to to her coming out and being successful. Um hadn't really been a, a wrestling person before uh, she decided to give it a try. And uh, it's not only come with success, but also uh, some relationships along the way, which I think is a uh, perfect. Um, it's just perfect uh, uh, turnout. Right. And that's not a new phenomenon, but it's kind of new for right. the girls because the girls haven't been wrestling probably through their youth, like maybe a brother-brother situation where they might have been doing some youth wrestling along the way. Um, right. You know, so, you know, families, you know, we, we see that all the time. So, you know, brothers and, you know, dads and, you know, now their sons and daughters are wrestling. And uh, like when you're, like I was thinking Halzer, uh, we mentioned Halzer from Cedar Falls. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've heard, I assume it's her dad, Greg Halzer was a- Greg Halzer, yep. Was a- <laughs> For the team too, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, there, there you go. That family, that family connection. But that's a that's a cool story for sure. Uh, got to give a shout out to East Buck too. They finished second in the team race, or tied for second with Raccoon River Northwest, uh, with ninety six uh, points. Um, they did not have a finalist, so that tells you, um, a little bit about their uh, depth. And, and what they were able to do uh, as a team, as a whole, um, to finish tied for second um, and, uh, um, you know, you're, you're finishing ahead of Waverly Shell Rock and, and much larger schools. Um, you know, remember, they're usually 1A or A in uh, – in most sports. So uh, for them to finish second or tied for second um, and do that without, you know, like a major point score 
um, like some of these other teams had, that, that tells you the balance and the depth that they have and, uh, you know, the good numbers. Uh, just kind of looking at what they were able to do here. Uh, they had four-place winners. Um, Brooklyn Graham was third at 190. Um, she finished off with a win over uh, Porcelli, the top seed from Southeast Polk, um, to get third. You had Allison Crum at 235 that finished fourth. Uh, she had a big win over Ella Brown in the, on the backside um, in, in the Concy semis. And then you had Taylor Stifle, um, who got fourth at 145. She reached the semifinals uh, and then lost to Anastasia Simon from Nakora um, in the placing match. But um, – a good tournament for her as well. And then Edwin Kabalka was seventh at 140. Um, and I think just about every, even the, the girls that didn't place won uh, at least one match and two others won two. So, um, you know, that tells you the team um, strength there with East Buck and what they were able to accomplish. Right. And, uh, KJ, you had did you uh, get a hotel room or anything down there? I had kidney because it's so close, a short drive. You're down there for three days in a row, right? Right. So, uh, we pretty, we pretty, just pretty, uh, we had an air mattress that uh, that we blew up and put under the uh, uh, media table, <laughs> so so we could write our stories, catch a nap, and then be there ready to go for uh, the next day. Right. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, the girls, and then Saturday for the boys' uh, state duels. How was that? Uh, the state duels, well, I tell you, um, you know, I I think uh, I think 3A kind of went as maybe expected, right? Other than that, uh, you had some, some upsets. 2A was probably the most uh, – Unpredictable. That I think Clint Kudum said it best when I talked to him after his semifinal win uh, over uh, Osage that uh, you could wrestle this uh, next weekend and the placing would come out different. You know, you could wrestle it the weekend after that and it would be something else different as well. Um, you had match. You had uh, multiple duels coming down to they weren't decided until the final bout. It, it was probably the most competitive one through eight field. Um, I, I really remember uh, the crowd. The crowd was good. Um, one of the things that I, I really like with uh, uh, the extreme arena is it's all general admission. So you would have, uh, a team that wrestled on one side of the arena and their fans would flock over there and be in the stands. And then there is this almost unwritten um, uh, policy that uh, even if you liked where you were sitting, you would get up and, and move to follow your team wherever they were wrestling at. Um, and I think that made it for uh, – uh, a pretty fun atmosphere because uh, the crowds were were into it, and you're right there um, 
near your near your mat uh, cheering your team on. So kind of like that, instead of having assigned tickets and seats, and you might be on one side of the arena for the first round, and then your team's wrestling on the other side, and you're stuck uh, having to yell across a whole nother duel and uh, having to look through um, what was going on in the mat right in front of you. So uh, I really like that. And I think the, I think it's a great venue for the state duels as well as uh, the girls tournament. And it really, I think it really becomes a wrestling festival. I described that a, a few times in things I've written and uh, talked to people, but it really has become a three-day wrestling festival down there for high school wrestling, and it, I think it's pretty cool um, from top to bottom. Would you say that the arena was sold out? Did you see uh, the state duels? Yeah, for for both for the girls and for the state duels. Uh, so the uh, the first session for the girls tournament was sold out. Um, I think. Uh, uh, for the finals on Friday night, they had about 3,600, um, probably about 12 or 1,300 short of a sellout. Um, so there's still room to grow. Uh, the other, the middle two sessions of the girls' tournament were not sold out. I don't know what the attendance numbers uh, for the uh, the state duels, but um, I don't believe those were sold out. Okay. There. So, so I, that was my question. Is it is it ready for a new arena? Or it sounds like there's still room for growth i i don't think so i think there's still um i think there's still a little little time before you know uh there's still probably about oh 1300 to 1400 people 1500 people maybe in those middle sessions that still you know aren't there um for the girls so uh, the arena is still, you know, that first session, that first session is packed, right? You know, and, and you see that with everything. Um, but if the other sessions catch up to that, then you're probably looking at hosts maybe inquiring about Carver Hawkeye Arena as a as a place to. Okay. So. Yeah, I wondered about that. I was down there last year, and it was. I wondered what, what the difference was this year. And wasn't able to get there this year, but but uh, it's growing. That's good. Yes, yeah, for sure. I for agree sure. with you on two A being uh, being crazy close mat meets, uh, and you're right. Could have you know wrestled again of different results, you know, each time. But but uh, pretty exciting. Um, it, I, I'm it, telling you, it it was crazy. Mm -hmm. I I mean that I mean. The minute you thought, oh, hey, this team's going on a run um, and, and it was going to go down as maybe uh, you would think on paper, something would change and it would swing back towards the other team. And, you know, it, it just – it was pretty amazing to, to kind of watch, you know, really all eight teams, um, you know, uh, compete. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll I don't say think I don't think any of the teams finished. No, I take that back. There's one team. One team finished where they were seated out of eight teams. 
that was Independence. They were seeded sixth, and they placed sixth. Uh, Osage was one, and they got third. Mount Vernon was two, they got fourth. Preston was three, they got first. Uh, West Delaware was fourth, and they got seventh. Uh, Sergeant Bluton was fifth, and they got second. Um, I mentioned Independence. Algona was seventh, and they finished eighth. And then Humboldt was eighth, and they finished fifth. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and, think, uh, I think that's wild. And Indianola lost that fifth and sixth place meet by 31 to 30, like you said, close. But <laughs> Independence is, you know, that, do you remember the very first podcast we had, who's the, the team, my, the team that I pulled that could move up into the top eight, top eight? was independence they weren't even in the top 10 maybe even 15 at that time so uh way to go to uh independence and the mustangs so yep and actually, uh both mustangs mount vernon as well in 2a yep <laughs> um yeah so creston uh they came away with a 36 33 win in the finals over sergeant bluff luton that wasn't decided until the final match uh Creston with a, a decision at 190, I believe, the final weight there um, to win. Uh, and, of course, Sergeant Bluff-Luton, um, they made the finals for the first time in, in school history. Um, they, uh, they went down to the final match. Uh, their last two matches against Osage in the semifinals, uh, they bumped uh, wrestlers up. Bo Kudum moved from 157 to 165 and got a fall. Um, and then Xavion Ellington um, beat Max Gast in a, a battle of ranked wrestlers 3-0 um, at 175, both moving up from 165. Um, so Sergeant Bluff Fluton was able to finish off the 36-33 win. You could see the excitement. Uh you know, they huddled up, they, they're cheering and, and jumping up and down, and they ran over to the uh the wall the arena wall between the the floor and the, the stands. They're celebrating with some fans. Um, you know, Ellington uh said kind of saw how it was playing out, knew it was gonna come down to a you know, come down on his shoulders, saw what uh Bo Kudum would was able to do and realized he had to go out and perform, wanted to do it for uh, his team and, and everybody uh, was Sergeant Bluff Luton and he was able to come through uh, there. And, you know, uh, talking to Clint Kudum after uh, that win, you know, this is a program uh, kind of wrestling against some blue buds, right? West Delaware has been in the mix for long over a decade uh, with multiple, uh, uh, state titles. Osage has been, you know, uh, uh, you know, the history there and the tradition with Osage is is outstanding. And, uh, you know, here you've got Sergeant Bluff Luton that, you know, first they were first they were seventh and then they were sixth, you know, then they're five, and then the last few years they went three uh or four, three, two now. And they just slowly climbed up that ladder. And uh, I think he's got some good things going on uh, there at Sergeant Bluff Luton. And uh, certainly, um, you know, something to continue to build off of. And he mentioned that the wrestlers on his team right now, uh, you know, 
they really did not want to drop a baton and mentioned how they need to improve and they lost some guys to graduation last year and and they were really focused on being able to carry the torch as he said so they did a fine job getting second there to Creston who I think won its first title since uh maybe 2009 um so Creston uh has gone a little um a little time since winning that uh uh championship but has come back and was impressive this weekend, especially in their win over Mount Vernon. Boy, they looked phenomenal. Mount Vernon, you know, we've talked about Mount Vernon many times and and how much uh, we really like their lineup and their team. And uh, Creston really racked up some bonus points and got some big wins and won 44-24 to get to the finals. Right. And then Osage also handled Mount Vernon a little more than I thought they might as well, 44-28 for third and fourth, but you never know what, you know, with third and fourth where kids' minds are. And, uh, you know, if, even if they have the, their starting lineup, I'm sure they did, but you know, some schools may not, they might throw in some reserves to give them a chance to wrestle in the state duels. So, right. Yep. You- um, just looking at three, a really quick, you know, Southeast Polk, uh, you know, they rolled to their first title, um, since 2020, uh, they beat Bettendorf 48-16 in the finals. Uh, that was after kind of thumping Waverly Shellrock 54-24 and Fort Dodge 53-18. So dominant performance from the Rams um, there. Uh, I know the two of us, we went back and forth. Or we uh, were split on that semifinal between Bettendorf and Indy Nolan. Bettendorf won 31-30. Yeah, and then and then uh, Fort Dodge beat Indianola thirty to twenty nine. So really close ma- matches there. But Southeast Polk, man, they beat Waverly, really Shell Rock, Fort Dodge, and Bettendorf. That's three pretty decent wins. <laughs> so speaking of blue bloods, Hempstead yeah. finished, finished uh, seventh, right? Finished seventh, beat Waverly, really Shell Rock, seventh and eighth, forty two yep. to thirty seven. Correct. So at Ankeny Centennial, uh, there got fifth uh, over Waukee Northwest as well. Uh, in Class 1A, um, boy, I tell you, um, Don Bosco uh, had a great, uh, great tournament, uh, real fun and uh, competitive, energetic uh, uh, final between Don Bosco and Alvernet, number three and number one going at it. Uh, it's Don Bosco who started as number three seed, came away with uh, their 14th title overall, fourth straight dual title. Um, Don's win 45-31, and, and a lot of that had to do with uh, the the finish, the closing there. That duel was back and forth uh, for the through the first ten weight classes, but. Uh, in the upper weights, Don Bosco took over, finished with four straight wins. Uh, pins from Kyler Kanak and Andrew Kimball at 57 and 65. Uh, decision from Caden Kanak at 175. And then Landon Fernandez with a fall at 190 to cap things. Um, 45-31 over Alvernet. Um, you know, so uh, just uh, – 
this that Bosco team uh, a lot better than they were earlier in the year. I think they were missing some uh, teams, and uh, they did uh, outstanding uh, with a win over Jessup to start, and then beating Wilton, and then finishing things off with a uh, big win over Albernet. Right, and they and they were uh, sizable wins. Uh, the win over Wilton, who we think is – we've been talking about all year, 45-20, and then over Albernet, 45-31, like you said. And this was another weight – uh, wait, another uh, bracket that was kind of topsy-turvy. Yeah, Jessup, who we've mentioned as their first ever uh, um, wrestling in the state duels, they were seated seventh, finished fifth. Uh, they beat Hinton 45-27 and Wapsie Valley by the same score. And then Wapsie Valley – was seeded eighth and finished sixth. So they both of them wrestled above their seeds. Um, so uh, kind of neat to see that as well. So. And the one thing about Jessup too, uh, uh, so the seniors in this Jessup group, which made its first state duels appearance, talking to Matt Gross, the, the coach, after uh, uh, that uh, consolation win, uh, I believe it was over Hinton maybe. Um, look here. Right. Yeah, uh, their constellation went over Hinton. Uh, talked to him for a, a moment, and he mentioned these seniors, like when they're in eighth grade or freshman, you know, they were like two and fourteen or one and fifteen, something like that. You know, one or two wins, double digit losses, and now look where they're at. Uh, believe they set a school record with twenty two dual wins this year. Uh, they finished fifth in their first. Uh, state duels appearance, you know, beat Lisbon, uh, you know, one of those perennial powers in the regional duels to get here, hosted a regional duel. That tells you a lot about just how uh, how much growth this uh, this program has had. And he said, you know, uh, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, I think they only graduate uh, a few seniors. Uh, they've got a lot of talent coming back. He's like, we, you know, we've got some youth stuff established, so we're going to have some incoming freshmen that are going to be contributors. So I think this is just kind of a a cornerstone um, for Jessup to, to kind of build on. Right. I mean, that's exciting. I think they had, if I'm not certain, uh, a young blood on the team as well that may have stayed home. And uh instead of uh, heading over to Don Bosco. So that's that's impressive in its own right, right there. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and Albernet, you know, uh, that's, a, that's another team. You know, they, I think they only have two or three seniors in their entire lineup. You know, they've got uh, the majority of their big guns coming back. So um, we're going to see Albernet, Don Bosco, uh, Jessup, um, you know, we're going to see these teams back at it again, I think, in a similar position next year, too. I would agree. You know, uh, one thing with uh, Class 1A, uh, I do want to mention here, the, the state duels field um, kind of led to some really interesting uh, individual matchups as well. Um, couple ones versus twos. 
that we had throughout the day. Um, couple, uh, Hayden Schwab, ranked number one at 106, faced Aiden Bergman of Jessup, number two, and, and Schwab was absolutely dominant. Um, built, uh, might have been a 12-point lead or so um, before he got a fall in two minutes and 54 seconds. Um, and then in the uh, Albertette-Nashville-Plainfield duel, um, you had one versus two. You had a state finals versus a state champ. Uh, you had uh, Jade Rinkin of Nashville-Plainfield, who was a returning state champ against the finalist and rowdy neighbor neighbor comes away with a two, one victory there. That really uh, kind of sparked Albernet to like eight straight wins and pull away from Nashville playing field in the semifinals for a 47, 21 victory there. Um, so with the state duels, you're still getting those individual matchups that, um, you know, you very well could see down in Des Moines on a, uh, a Friday or even Saturday night. And one thing I'll add too, don't ever, ever call Albernet wrestlers and their coaching staff soft. I'll just mention that in passing. <laughs> I don't believe I ever have, but I, I certainly won't start now. <laughs> it would be good not to. Um any other uh, thoughts from, from state duels? Do you like the timing of this? Oh, yeah, much better. Absolutely. I, I absolutely love it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'll be honest, I don't miss sectionals. Uh, I think sectionals was, I think that time had passed, uh, especially with what we're having for uh, some of the, the fields and brackets out of those sectionals. I think this is much better for state duels. I I like the all-district competition for all three classes. Um, so I I really like the positioning of state duels. And it's a little bit of a quick turnaround having regional duels on a Tuesday um, and this on a, on a Saturday. But, you know, uh, it's, it's one I think I'd happily accept because I think it just works out so so good here uh at this time of year right and one residual of the of the uh, regional duels is that uh they're allowing teams to pick up a 16th date uh if they don't make the regional duels so uh, so i had i worked a meet down in in uh, moringo iowa valley on oh. monday and one down at uh um uh on tuesday at uh west liberty which cedar kennedy was at in assumption so uh, you know, so that you can pick up those those extra duels, and because otherwise it's a long, it's like two weeks between your last competition and districts. So, sure. so that's nice that the teams are allowed to do that. So, yeah, break that gap up a little bit. Right. And speaking of districts, districts this Saturday, um, all three classes, I believe, ten o'clock start uh, at each site. Um, I'm gonna whip through the. The uh, 3A uh, or the districts with area teams starting in 3A. Um, we've got Linmar and Marion heading to Ames for the 3A district uh, that has uh, Bondurant, Farrar, Cedar Falls, Denison, Schleswig, West Des Moines, Dowling, 
uh, in Sioux City East, um, in there with Linmar, Marion, and the hosts. Uh, at Bentendorf, uh, you've got the Bulldogs with Burlington, Clear Creek, Amana, Devonport Central, Devonport West, Fort Madison, City High, and Muscatine. Um, at Dubuque Hempstead, uh, you've got Clinton, Devonport North, uh, the Mustangs, Senior, North Scott, Pleasant Valley, Waverly Shell Rock, Western Dubuque, um, there. Cedar Rapids, Xavier is heading west to Marshalltown. They'll face, uh, they're in a field with Boone, uh, the Bobcats, Mason City, Pella, Southeast Polk, Urbandale, Waterloo East, and Waterloo West. Um, and I will be at Cedar Rapids Prairie. Uh, Ankeny Centennial is coming over. And then you've got Jefferson, Kennedy, Washington, Iowa City, Liberty, Iowa City, West, Newton, and Prairie. Uh, of course, Prairie, uh, MVC champs. Uh, Iowa City West, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, some of the Trojans, uh, especially Alexander Pierce, the defending state champ, Justin Avila, uh, to name a couple there from Iowa City West in the field at Prairie. Um, in Class 2A, just kind of looking at uh, the local hosts, uh, Independence will host the site. Uh, with BCLUWSH, Clarion Goldfield Dows, uh, quite a few hyphens um, there between some of the schools. Decora, East Marshall, GMG, um, Hampton, Dumont, Cal, uh, O-Line and Union will be up there. So um, some really good individual talent up there. Uh, Solon has a, a pretty fun... Um, could be really competitive uh, district with Comanche, Central DeWitt, Columbus Community, Mid Prairie, Mount Vernon, uh, the Spartans, Tipton, and West Liberty. So uh, Mount Vernon, uh, certainly the leader there, but I think uh, each of those teams has some good individuals. West Delaware, welcome. Benton Community, Center Point Urbana, Maquoketa, Monticello, uh, New Hampton, Turkey Valley, Northeast, and Waller. And then Williamsburg will host Anamosa, Davis County, uh, Eddieville, Blakesburg, Fremont, Grinnell, South Tama, Vinton, Shellsburg, uh, Washington, and Williamsburg. That district really, really intrigues me uh, because you've got some outstanding wrestlers from Anamosa, uh, you know, the Scrantons, Wheeler, uh, to name a couple uh, from Anamosa. Then you got South Tama where you have uh, – you know, uh, wrestlers like Amari Chavez, uh, Gavin Bridgewater, who's a, a state finalist, two-time place winner. Um, you know, uh, McCall Bear, I believe, uh, as well. Um, Washington has Aaron Boone um, and a couple of the Griner kids, uh, I believe. Uh, and then you've got Williamsburg with uh, Niall Sin um, and, and a few other uh, Shrop, uh, I believe Lincoln Shrop. Um, uh, and I'm blanking on their heavyweight that came out, suffered a neck injury in football, um, and then was able to come out for the second half and was a, a finalist, uh, in the Walmart Conference Tournament, um, as well. So, uh, I tell you what, Williamsburg might be, uh, one of the, the most competitive districts in, in this area in 2A. 
In Class 1A, our area hosts uh, MFL Marmac, has Bellevue, Cascade, Alcatraz Central, Clayton Ridge, East Buck, Jessup, as we mentioned from the duels, uh, Postville, Starmont, and uh, Sumner Fredericksburg. Um, and then not quite in the area, but adjacent, um, we got uh, Wilton, who has Durant, Highland, Lisbon, uh, Louisa Muscatine, Maquoketa Valley, Midland, New London, North Cedar, Waco, Wapolo, um, as well as the Beavers. And then uh, the one I thought was really, really, uh, I don't know, maybe I just, I'm not really good on geography, but I thought this was kind of an odd placing. Al Burnett goes to South Hamilton uh, for their district. Um, and that's got AGWSR, Bell Plain, uh, Waterloo, Columbus, Earlham, HLV, Iowa Valley, North Butler, North Tama, and South Hamilton, uh, the host. So maybe maybe I'm not picturing exactly where South Hamilton is, but I thought that was kind of an odd placement for, for Albert Nett. Well, I imagine a lot of that is separating the quality, the, the, the higher uh, ranked teams and trying to get them not in the same district and trying to spread that out a little bit. Uh, sure. So now I should mention that 3A has eight districts and three wrestlers from each district qualify. 2A and 1A have 12 districts and two wrestlers qualify. So each bracket at state will have 24 wrestlers. Right. Um, I, and I think that's, uh, I don't see that alignment changing anytime soon. Do you like that? I mean, having it split up with, with 8 and 12? Well, I don't know how you're going to do it any other way, but right. I like 24 wrestlers in the bracketed state rather than 16. I do. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, 16 it was nice because you know, I remember state when it was 8. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, so, um, you know, we've grown. It's the sport. Like I was talking about the numbers and tee it up. The numbers are, are at an all time high right now, probably in the state and definitely in the nation. And, uh, you know, so let's reward those kids. When Don, when Don Russell Gable in the finals, how many, how many qualifiers went to the cattle Congress in Waterloo? I believe eight. Now okay. that's, that was true when I was a senior too. Okay. Because they're they're messing around with it. So when I was a sophomore, junior, and senior, the brackets were were totally different. Okay. So let me see. Let me, let's see. No, I'm sorry. My junior, senior, and the year after my senior year, they were they were different. They were just messing around with it. So like in my my year, the year before, I think twelve guys were in the bracket at state, and the year after, twelve guys. But my year, eight guys. But that was a sixteen oh. district that lasted for two, two days. <laughs> oh, wow. It was a mess. Wow. Yeah. And I, I even remember one of the things that I, I'm glad they changed in the, I believe in the mid eighties. I remember when, uh, uh, Larry, my older brother, Regis qualified. And, uh, back then they had, they had a rep, uh, replicate kind of a rep charge whatever you know kind of what uh, the olympics do where uh you're if you lost before the semifinals uh you were pulled back in if the wrestler that beat you made the finals 
So yeah. you had, you had to, if you got upset first round, you had to sit and wait, hoping that mm -hmm. uh, your your fate was resting in the hands of the person that beat for you right. to be able to come back and, and wrestle in the consolations. I'm glad they went back to kind of a true consolation, or they went to a true consolation um, when placing out through six back then. And then, uh, was it the mid-90s, they start, or mid to late 90s, they start placing eight instead of six. Right. Uh, double elimination from the from the rough guys, which is, go figure, they do that at the Olympics and at the world level. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, that makes no sense, but that's what they do, I guess. So. Yep. So, it, it's fun to see how the, the state tournament has evolved and will continue. Right. Kudos to Louis Curtis and company for, for really, in some instances, you know, gambling a little bit to make, you know, but it's definitely better, I, I think, you know, in the long run. And, of course, that starts from a from a, a week from today. We're, we're recording this on, on Wednesday, uh, February 7th. So a week from today, we'll be in uh, Wells Fargo Arena uh, for the state tournament. Uh, any any parting thoughts or, or anything about the the district fields um, coming up? No, today's Wednesday. Uh, when I was a coach, today was mock district day. So you go through the go through the uh, district as if not as if you won because it's easy when you win. You just win, win, win. But it's when you don't win. What's your mindset and talking through that process? So you know if you lose second round, you still back then you had a possibly two more matches to wrestle and still mm -hmm. you're still uh you know eligible to go to state so um but that's when you wrestle back to true second now that with 3a you're wrestling back to or you're they're doing uh taking three so it's a little bit different so but anyways mock mock tournament day <laughs> cool cool all right well uh we'll we'll go a little earlier in the week next week uh to get uh state uh, state tournament preview podcast um, recorded. Um, again, uh, we appreciate everybody that uh, that watches along with us each week. Uh, we've heard some really cool feedback from from people, and, and that uh, that makes our day. Just because we do that for we do this for you guys. I mean, obviously, we enjoy doing it and talking wrestling with each other, but we also do it for the people that uh, view in. Um, or, or tune in and, and view what we do each week. So thank you guys for watching. Coach Briggs, uh, go Thanks ahead and finish. on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.